Section 29 of Dedications. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andy Glover. Dedications by Mary Elizabeth Brown. To the Reader. The Golden Age by Thomas Haywood. 1611. To the reader. This play, coming accidentally to the press, and at length having notice thereof, I was loath, finding it mine own, to see it thrust naked into the world, to abide the fury of all weathers, without either title for acknowledgment, or the formality of an epistle for ornament, therefore rather to keep custom than any necessity I have fixed these few lines in the front of my book, neither to approve it as tasteful to every palate, nor to disgrace it as able to relish none, only to commit it freely to the general censure of readers, as it hath already passed the approbation of auditors. This is the golden age, the eldest brother of three ages, that have adventured the stage, but the only yet that hath been judged to the press. As this is received, so you shall find the rest, either fearful further to proceed, or encouraged boldly to follow. Yours ever, T. H. Queen Anna's New World of Words A Dictionary of the Italian and English Tongues By John Florio, 1611 To all readers To be reader requires understanding. To be a critic, judgment. A dictionary gives arms to that, and takes no harm of this, if it mistake not. I wish thee both, but fear neither, for I still rest. Resolute John Florio. Part of this dedication is quoted by Wheatley in his Dedication of Books. The New Inn, or The Light Heart, a comedy, as it was never acted, but most negligently played by some, the king's servants, and more squeamishly beheld and censured by others, the king's subjects. 1629. Now at last set at liberty to the readers, his majesty's servants and subjects, to be judged of. By Ben Johnson. 1631. To the reader. If thou be such, I make thee my patron, and dedicate the peace to thee. If not so much, would I had been at the charge of thy better literature. Howsoever, if thou canst but spell, and join my sense, there is more hope of thee, than of a hundred fastidious impertinence, who were there present the first day, yet never made peace of the prospect the right way. What did they come for, then? thou wilt ask me. I will as punctually answer. To see, and to be seen, to make a general muster of themselves in their clothes of credit, and possess the stage against the play, to dislike all but mark nothing, and by their confidence of rising between the acts in oblique lines, make affidavit to the whole house, of their not understanding one scene, 
armed with this prejudice, as the stage furniture, or heiress clothes, they were there as spectators away, for the faces in the hangings, and they beheld alike. So I wish they may do ever, and do trust myself and my book, rather to thy rustic candor, than all the pomp of their pride, and solemn ignorance to boot. Fare thee well, and fall to. Read. Ben Jonson. The new inn was damned on its first appearance, not being heard to its conclusion. Johnson's chagrin expressed itself not only in this dedication, but in the ode to himself, written after the failure of the play. Come, leave the loathed stage, and the more loathsome age, where pride and impudence in faction knit, usurp the chair of wit, indicting and arraigning every day, something they call a play. Let their fastidious, vain commission of the brain run on and rage, sweat, censure, and condemn. They were not made for thee, lest thou for them, etc. History of the Civil Wars of England Between the Two Houses of Lancaster and York Translated from the Italian of Biondi by Henry, Earl of Monmouth 1641. To the readers, my countrymen, that translations are at the best but like the wrong side of hangings is granted. Yet he who cannot get to see the right side may by the other guess at the story therein represented. This of mine may yet seem to be of a worse condition, as only the reducing back to our own language that which hath been collected from our home stories, and published in a foreign tongue, so as it may almost be termed the turning into English, what was turned out of English. But the author hath had his end, the making the valor and honor of our kingdom known to his own countrymen, for which we owe him a national thanks. I have chosen this way to pay mine by affording you all a means how to acknowledge yours, and thus I have part of my end likewise, the remainder being my observance of his desires, and the shunning of spending my time worse. The Italian saith, Qui non quel che vuole, quel che puvolia. If I could coin anything out of my own brain, worthy of my countrymen, they should have it, since not, let them accept of this piece of gold changed into silver, and therein of the goodwill of their compatriot. Monmouth Five New Plays by Richard Brome, 1653 Beloved, being to write to a multitude of you, for I know you will be many, I forbear epithets, because the same will not fit all and I hate to make difference among friends. I have often considered with myself whether I were best to dedicate this book or no, and I have thought on the main ends of dedications, which I find generally to be flattery or want. To the one my nature was ever averse, and, were my debts all paid to me and by me, I should not be much concerned in the other. 
As for the two ordinary pretenses, namely, gratitude or patronage, like religion and liberty, they are made but the visors to somewhat else. For is it not a high piece of gratitude? When an author has received favors as Mycenas, to requite him with a book, and to take or expect two or three pieces from him for it? When another man shall buy the same book of the thriving stationers for half a crown? And for patronage or protection, I would fin no, if an author writes like a coxcomb, whether any patron can protect him from being laughed at. And he that writes well makes every one his patron without a dedication. But in epistles of this nature, something is usually begged, and I would do so too. But, I vow, I am puzzled what? Tis not acceptance, for then you'll expect I should give it. Tis not money, for then I should loose my labor. Tis not praise, for the author bid me tell you, that now he is dead, he is of Falstaff's mind, and cares not for honor. Tis not pardon, for that supposes a fault, which, I believe, you cannot find. But, if you'll know what it is, it is that you would expect nothing else of preface or apology, from yours as his own. A. Brome. Alexander Brome published the plays of his brother, after the latter's death. Life's Painter of Variegated Characters, in Public and Private Life, by George Parker, 1789. To the Right Honorable and Truly Respectable Subscribers of Every Denomination Throughout the Three Kingdoms and Principality of Wales, that very distinguished moralist Dr. Young, whose philanthropy and knowledge of mankind must be equally venerated and admired, has left the following maxim, composed of very empathetic truth. He, says the doctor, that is ungrateful, has no vice but one. All other vices may seem virtues in him. It is neither my plan nor my province to moralize sententiously, but rather to place my readers in Rabelais' easy chair or on the laughable couch of whimsical scarron, etc. Women of the Bible by Bishop Jonathan Wainwright, circa 1850. To thoughtful readers, men as well as women, the one being interested equally with the other in what constitutes the character of mother, wife, daughter, sister, this book of female portraits, drawn from the highest and holiest record of life, is dedicated. J. M. Wainwright King Solomon's Mines by H. Ryder Haggard, 1885 This faithful but unpretending record of a remarkable adventure is hereby respectfully dedicated by the narrator, Alan Quarterman, to all the big and little boys who read it. Handbook for Travelers, Southern Germany and Austria by Karl Baedeker, 1891 Go, little book, God send thee good passage, and specially let this be thy prayer, unto them all that thee will read or hear, where thou art wrong, after their help to call, thee to correct in any part or all.
Raymond Lull, First Missionary to the Moslems, by Samuel M. Zwemer, Doctor of Divinity, Fellow of the Royal Geographical Society, New York, 1902. To the reader, who faulteth not, liveth not, who mendeth faults is commended. The printer hath faulted a little. It may be the author oversighted more. Thy pain, reader, is the least. Then err not thou most, by misconstruing or sharp censuring, lest thou be more uncharitable than either of them hath been heedless. God amend and guide us all. Roberts on Tithes, Cambridge, 1613 It is often very difficult to draw the line between true dedications to the reader and a mere prefatory address, often containing, as in this dedication and that immediately preceding, a request for charitable correction of error. Of all forms of dedication, that to the reader approaches most nearly the ordinary author's preface. End of section 29